0: Welcome to The Word Podcast. I'm Seth Williams. And I'm Brendan Ward. And we're here to discuss all things local real estate, legal, title, market, and really anything else we can come up with. So stick with us on this journey as we talk about The Word.
1: Welcome to The Word. We're excited today. Uh, Seth and I have with us Lou Chenapi from ArchMI. Welcome, Lou.
2: Hey, good morning. What's Great up, to be Lou? Here. Thanks,
1: for, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, we're super excited because we... Um, Kind of don't know a lot about MI, so it was kind of perfect to have you here. So we're hopefully going to learn a lot today. Um, yeah, people, even when you say MI, probably everyone's like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah, mortgage insurance, mortgage insurance, or private mortgage right.
0: insurance, most PMI, most commonly referred to as PMI.
1: Correct.
2: And and, and and we're in luck because I love to talk about PMI. And and listen, I think
0: I think this will be it. We were talking earlier this morning as Brenda mentioned. So we did a a buyer mini series just you know three or three or four different hour episodes are all around getting ready to buy a home okay and i think man for some reason pmi just has such a shitty rep it you know really it's does. it's uh and listen of course because it's an affordability plan and people they it's not optional unless obviously you're putting a certain amount down and i think people just they broadcast negativity about it so the more i've gotten deeper into my real estate career i think it's awesome because if you think about it what type of policy can you get that, that is cheap enough to let you not save 20%.
2: Exactly. And that, and that and is that. I, should we just end the podcast that right is, now? That is a story that couple, I love to tell. A couple yeah.
0: hundred bucks, and I don't have to save hundreds of thousands of dollars before I buy a house and miss out on all that equity.
1: So, before we get into we'll sell, any of that, we'll sell yeah. you on it later. Yeah, sell me on it later. How the hell did you get into selling mortgage insurance, right? Tell us about this journey because I hadn't even heard of it. Really, or that people sold it until I met you. Someone's gonna sell it. So,
2: so I went to school to be an accountant. Okay. Never became an accountant. Okay, that's that's a story for another day. So it might come up today. I I think it is gonna come up. (laughs) I worked. I worked in a bank for 15 years. I started as a teller. Um, you know, quickly started doing loan servicing things like that. Um, local bank. Uh, yep. At the time, it was Stoneham Cooperative, and now it's um called Stoneham Bank. Okay. I was there for 15 years. Um, I did everything, you know, from processing, underwriting. I was a loan officer. Um, my last job there was. Why is
1: it so hard to get on the list there? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a good question. That's a great question. You know why? Because there.
1: There's um, like one guy, right? Like Cicatelli or Cuccinelli, like I some. Have yeah, no they, they have like one lawyer. It's been so long yeah. since I've worked at that. Does bank. he?
0: Does he work there too?
1: I probably is on the board. Oh, really? I don't know. I'm yeah. making stuff up. I don't Super even remember who list. it is. Yeah,
0: we, we'll look it up. Yeah, Stone Stone, Stone and not. Bank, if you're listening. Yeah, I just tell everybody open not
1: to use them. Wow, open yeah. the yeah. list. I'm they're, like, do that they're, they're a
2: great little bank, yeah, yeah, really except
1: are. we can't close loans with them. <laughs> so yeah. then we tell people not to go with them.
2: <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's
0: good. Stone and Bank, if you're listening. Yeah. I mean, I know you're. They're they're time. not.
2: But I'm really glad you're not making this about you, Brent. Yeah, it's never. I mean, it's our podcast. Of course, it's about never about us. <laughs> so anyway, when I left the bank, I was managing the uh, loan operations area. Um, just finished my MBA, and um, someone from First American Title reached out to me, and I went to work in the title insurance industry, which um, was a big transition. I went from an operations voluntarily. Role, yep, I, okay, I went from an operations true. role into a sales role for, really for the first time. That was you know completely sales. And I worked at First American um, for 14 years, and then I worked at Caddick Title Insurance for four years. Um, And when I worked at Caddick, I had no intentions of leaving the title insurance industry. And um, a good friend of mine said, I'd love for you to meet my boss. Um, And it was just really just to meet her boss. And when we met, she said, all right, I'll leave you two alone. And I realized this is a job interview. (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, and I had Very no intentions. Yeah. I had no intentions of going into a private mortgage insurance, but just fell in love with the concept. The, um, you know, I could tell the culture from the people that work there, and and I've been at Arch Mortgage Insurance for ten years now, and probably the best job I've ever had.
0: That's awesome. And where the, is it located?
2: Um, our corporate office is in Greensboro, North North Carolina, but we have um, salespeople and underwriters in all fifty states that work remotely. Wow. Um, so we're everywhere. Years ago, when I worked in a, a bank. Um MI companies had bricks and mortar in every state and you used to FedEx packages yeah, for them why? to underwrite and now everything's, you know, remote and we do everything electronically and um you know one of the uh concerns people have about private mortgage insurance is oh it's gonna delay the process. It really doesn't. Um lenders can so people send don't them. even
1: know it's part of the process. Exactly. Lenders There's have underwriting them. in PMI, like uh, my mind is blown on that. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. We underwrite for risk, whereas your lender's underwriting for the secondary market, but we underwrite for risk, um, but we follow secondary market guidelines. Um, so the packages are sent to us, or if the lender is delegated, they can make the, the lending decision on our on our behalf. Um, but they're sent to us, and within 24 hours, we can have that package um, underwritten and returned back to the lender. What in are the underwriters cases, looking at? In most cases, credit. it's four hours. It's, it's a cre- just credit? It's credit, it's property, risk. it's... Um, Everything on that loan. We we look at the full file. Got it. Yeah. Everything really? is risk-based pricing in, in wow. MI, which is one of the misconceptions is people think it's still...
0: Lenders have the charts then they probably. They think
2: it's very expensive yeah. and it's, it's not. not. It's, it's gotten very inexpensive because of risk-based pricing. Hmm.
1: Interesting. So how does the lender know to quote, the PMI when they're initially disclosing the loan? Have they already gone through underwriting and risk pricing at that point? They have or is there an asterisk?
2: Nope. There's 17 different attributes that we know wow. at, at time of application. That's a great question. That sounds like me. a
1: lawyer answer. Yeah. 17 attributes. Yeah. So There's 17. The statute.
2: <laughs> There's 17 different attributes that um, go into the pricing of MI. And if you go to the ARCH website, um, you know, a, a loan officer puts in their NMLS number, they um, input the 17 different pieces of information and we give them a rate quote and that quote's good for 90 days
1: and i'm assuming that's just information on the loan app or the... on the
2: loan on the borrower um you know we we ask for the 1003 credit score um, <laughs> debt to income ratio um you know lots of different information that we're asking for the, the type of loan product that the borrower is getting um a lot of those factors go into that cool when 35 <laughs> and years then
1: it still has to go to underwriting after the 17 factors.:
2: <laughs> Well, they're collecting automated. those they're, uh, maybe. they're collecting those 17 factors at application anyway. We give them a rate quote. Yeah. then the, the lender is processing the file. Once they have the um, loan file all um, set up, they'll send it to us to, for, for an underwrite.
1: And does the price change typically from the quote to the final?
2: Generally not. Generally I mean, not, if, if the loan some, officer like, has done a good job and collected the information accurately, um, that quote's going to be good. Um, and we, we honor the quote for 90 days for the borrower. If for some reason, say the, you know, during the loan process, if the borrower um, goes out and buys a new car and their credit score drops, that can certainly impact their, their MI pricing. Ooh, but that very, that's it's very rare idea. that happens. Yeah. You're not supposed
1: to buy a car while you're buying a house? No,
2: or furniture. That's another one oh, that we see once in a while. Not for
1: Mitchell Gold. Yeah. I don't know who that is. That was a fancy furniture company that shut down two days ago.
0: That's three weeks in a row where you've dropped references I'm not familiar with.
1: (laughs) I can't.
0: I can't. Mitchell Gold. Mitchell Gold. Let's get back (laughs) on track here. Why why mortgage insurance for a career? What do you like about that uh, so much?
2: So one of the things I love about private mortgage insurance is I get to work with lenders, which um, I love working with lenders. I Mm -hmm. love working with loan officers. I love working with um, executives at at lending operations. Um, But we, you know, I really do get involved loan by loan when I need to, to kind of help make a loan work. And it's a great way um, to get someone into a home sooner rather than later. And like you said, um, if you have to wait, and save 20% for a, um, to purchase a home. I wouldn't that own can be, one. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people wouldn't own one. Um, especially in the Northeast, where prices are so expensive. Um, Hard. It, it could take someone over 12 years to save 20% down to purchase a home. Whereas with PMI, um, you can put as little as 3% down um, and own the home right, right away, start building equity, not paying rent. Um, it, it's a great deal for consumers. And with the... Um, you know, adoption of risk-based pricing, it's become very inexpensive. When, when, I bought when did that happen? Home, when I bought my home 35 years ago, um, my wife and I really scraped together the money to put 20% down because our PMI at the time, and this was 35 years ago, I think was going to be $136 a month. And that was a, that was a big addition to our mortgage payment. Um, so we put 20% down to avoid PMI. I've done, I did a jumbo loan last week Um, it was like a $675,000 loan amount. Um, the borrowers were putting 15% down. Um, they, you know, had good credit, low DTI. I think the MI was somewhere around $37 a month. It can be really inexpensive for people that, um, you know, have maintained good credit, don't overspend. um,
0: When, when did risk-based pricing become adopted?
2: Uh, when i first came to arch 10 years ago we still used rate cards and then shortly after so pro- I would, i'm gonna guess around nine years ago so and, you see all
0: these like oh at least i've seen them which, which is why i made my comment you see these like rate based charts that exist that lenders probably still use as a directional estimate machine nope, maybe they like, don't what?
2: because they're so off they're so off base um, they can just go to our website and in run rate quotes all day long in scenarios for their borrowers. So like if, if they're sitting with a borrower and the borrower, um, doesn't know if they want to put 10% down or 13% down that lender can run those scenarios very quickly and show the borrower what the differences are on those loans. So, um, Got they it. don't, they don't use any charts anymore. What now. if they
1: don't work with you though? Like what if they're so archaic the M- that they're still using a chart? All no? the,
2: all the MI companies have now followed suit and do risk risk-based pricing. Oh, interesting. I,
1: just for the sake of great dialogue
0: on a yeah. podcast, yeah. I, I feel like I could get a rate chart for MI out of somebody, like in thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. I, fe- I felt I felt like you were going do you, there. Do you think they use it as a profit center? And is that allowed?
2: No, they can't. They can't. No. no. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'll 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 allow it. I'll let <laughs> a, I'll let it ride. Yeah. I just remember them just from um, trying to help educate the end user, the buyer, on what hypothetically it may cost. Um, I could see them in my head, but. I don't know. It's been a minute. So, yeah. Um,
2: And and now they would just do it. There's a mobile app that they can um, have and and get there. And as long as a loan officer has a valid NMLS number, they can get onto our website and pull rate quotes all day long.
1: And can they use like a generic, like if you're not too deep in the process with the borrower, is there like a generic, like, give me a generic quote for, you know, it it will be in this range kind of thing.
2: Absolutely. And what the, what they would do, you know, because a lot of prequals, um, if you're prequalifying a borrower, you want to make sure you're giving them all the um, pricing up front. Right. They can go into the system and just do a prequal. And it's super important for consumers to know what that final monthly payment right. is going to be. That's where, where that's a real important part of it. And it's so important. Well, especially as
1: interest rates keep going <laughs> yeah. up,
2: Right. Like, right. <laughs> Right, there's not a lot of meat left on the
1: bone. No, but it's super
2: not. important for consumers to really meet with a good loan officer and really know what their uh, maximum payment's going to be, what their maximum house price can be. Yeah. Um, and they can do that through a prequal system and 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 use Arch Mortgage Insurance to do that.
1: When you buy PMI or mortgage insurance, mm-hmm. what does it do? Like so, why, like other than they tell you, you have to have it. Like right. what, what does it do? All right.
2: So what private mortgage insurance does is it ensures the lender in the event that the borrower defaults on the loan. Mm. So if they're putting less than 20% down, but what that does is it frees up capital for more lending because the secondary market requires that, um, you get a private mortgage insurance, um, policy on a loan with less than 20% down if you're selling it to them, um, and, and Arch is sharing the risk with the investor on that loan, which brings up another um, scenario that's really interesting um, that we've seen in the last few years is you could have a borrower that easily has 20% to put down on a loan, but their loan officer may um, tell them to put 19.5% down. Oh, I've heard about that. Right. And the reason is they can get a better interest rate right. for the 30 years that they have that loan, and the MI will drop off you know, within a couple years um, and the MI is so inexpensive on that on that particular right. situation.
1: So, so is that a strategy you work out with loan officers to help them on their pricing?
2: Um, we work with loan officers to do that. And loan officers, pretty much most, of, a good loan officer would know to, to check that and yeah, see if it's something system. that, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So silly yeah. that that's even a thing, by the way. Well,
2: it, it's not silly because when you think about it, um, they're getting a better interest rate because um, the purchaser of that loan knows they're sharing the risk with arch mortgage insurance and not taking on the risk all by themselves. Sure. Yeah,
0: that makes that does make sense, actually. Um, What was I gonna say? So there's a lot of um, different ways you can kind of slice mortgage insurance payments. I've heard a lot more recently, um, in those higher uh, money down, but still sub 20% of one time uh, mortgage insurance payments, right, a one-time policy. Right. Can you talk a little bit about that, and how is that different than the normal MI process? Yeah,
2: so we see a lot of monthly mortgage insurance. Um, that's what, you know, probably most of it is, but you can also buy mortgage insurance as a one-time payment, um, an upfront one-time fee, and for some borrowers, that may be the best option, and a loan officer is going to kind of look at, every different situation in some of the situations, maybe their debt to income ratio is a little high and they're not getting, yeah. um, you know, where they need to be. Red so a single, a single premium would be a better option for that borrower Cause then their monthly, um, obligations can be a they little borrow
1: less. to pay the premium?
2: You can finance. You can MI. finance Good, MI. That was my next, okay. my next scenario. So a little solid um,
0: credit action.
1: No, 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 not no. Even, Just you bump can... up your loan amount oh, to pay yeah. the, the one pay. So where yeah. would that be on the CD? Like on the lender, like up in the top, on the second page, on it the lender would, it side? It
2: would be added to the loan amount, but on the second page, it, it's it's on there. Like um, on B or C? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Dab it. Credit. No, no, no. So on the CD, it breaks it down, like who, was, like the costs, and all the lender yeah. costs
2: are like box A and B. Yeah. And the nice thing about finance private mortgage insurance is, say a borrower was putting 10% down and they were going to finance the uh, mortgage insurance we price that loan based on the 90% LTV mm. um, and then add the MI onto it. And that's, um, that's how the secondary market does it and that's how Arch does it. So it, it is really a good deal for some borrowers. But again, it comes back to that loan officer. You really need to sit down with the loan officer before you even look for a house. And if you're going to put tw- less than 20% down, figure out what the best program is going to be for you and a loan officer will look at all the scenarios and do that.
0: Sure. I think there's a lot of uh, misconceptions out there about mortgage insurance, uh, PMI, whatever you want to call it, and uh, specifically around when you can get rid of it, when does it fall off automatically, and on what loans is it permanent?
2: I will tell you, um, if it's a owner-occupied single-family property, when that loan naturally amortizes to 80%, the borrower can apply to their servicer to have that MI dropped on the loan. Right. Based
1: on the purchase price, not on exactly. market environment. Yeah, based exactly. off okay. your you're
0: paying it down. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: If when the loan naturally amortizes to 78%, it automatically drops off. Right. So that 2% is that window that they can go to their servicer and say, I want to I drop the MI.
0: Yeah. Just real, just real quick on that. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think it just drops off right at the 20%. And I think more specifically, it's market value right? So I think that's where some realtors do a bad job.
2: It's, it's the, it's actually the lower of purchase price or market value.
0: Right. And yeah. typically, especially in this environment, locally, that's going to be your, price. your amortization chart, zoomed down whenever. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where I th- realtors have maybe screwed up communicating that in the past. Because it's like, oh, once you just hit, you know, this, this yeah. amount of equity, so to right. speak. And, um, uh, you know, call it a sales pitch or whatever, you make the deal. I don't know what it is, but I've always found that interesting. The reality is though, in the market that we've, that we've been in for the last several years, I mean, two, three years, you've probably seen 20, 30, 40% appreciation in some different cities, especially Peabody, It's been mm-hmm. one of the hottest zip codes in the entire country. Well, for, everyone knows I live there. So yeah. yeah, That's why I brought it up, right? <laughs> it was so, all you. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's like, what is, what does the process look like? If I think my market value has exceeded, how do I call in and like, attempt to get that removed beforehand with like a broker opinion of prices like what does that process look like so
2: it can vary by investor so the the previous scenario that we talked about we're talking about the original value that was used to underwrite the loan file right and if it naturally amortizes but if you feel that property values have appreciated in your area there could be a seasoning requirement on that loan okay even if you're at 80 percent ltv the investor is going to require you to have MI for two years wow. or three years, and it really depends on the investor. Mm. And you you had asked earlier about different types of properties: second homes, uh, multifamilies, um, investor properties, you know, with private mortgage insurance. All of those situations, it's really up to the investor. So we really can't mm. um, tell you what to do. But on a single family owner occupied home, um, it's going to be the eighty percent that they can apply, and then at seventy eight percent, it's going to drop off automatically if it's a monthly MI premium.
1: Now uh, what a what and, and that's usually like on the amortization schedule, like somewhere between year eight and year ten,
2: right? It it depends on the loan because if you if you put nineteen and a half percent down, yeah. you could right. be looking at um eighty <laughs> percent in 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 a year or less right. than a year, you right. know, depending on that um, but mortgage payment. Say for
1: example, you're in a average three percent down mm-hmm. scenario, or let's say five percent, so we're probably not in an FHA loan. You said it has to be the lower of the purchase price or the value at the time that you asked to have it removed. So even if you're like seven years from purchase, are they still gonna use the purchase price? It, yeah. For the yeah, for the naturally amortizing. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes.
0: Unless you start squeaky wheel gets the grease, maybe.
2: Yeah. And and I'm gonna be honest, you said eight or ten years. I have no idea. I was it was my understanding there'd be no math. Yeah, no <laughs> math. No <laughs> math. That, that's so, just cause
1: yeah. There's a document in the closing package that tells when the natural amortization happens. Right. So it's somewhere in that like 7 to 10 range typically. And
2: you had um, briefly mentioned FHA, which is a government program. Yeah. That is not private mortgage insurance. Oh, what is that? And FHA... mortgage
0: insurance premium? I don't know. FHA
2: is a um, government program loan with with mortgage insurance, but um, you can't cancel the MI on an FHA loan.
1: Can you write MI on an FHA loan? No. No, they, only the government does it? Yeah, that's,
2: uh, that's our and competitor. And it's more expensive. Uh, and there's that's an, our
1: competitor. And there's additional premium. They're Your competitor? <laughs> exactly. That's bullshit. We should write <laughs> letters to our senators.
2: <laughs> no, for some people, an FHA Add, loan is the right product. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Right. Add private mortgage insurance companies to restrict the monopoly that the government has <laughs> on FHA they, loans. They don't
2: have a monopoly because there's an, always an option to use private mortgage insurance.
1: Oh, don't listen to him, exactly. Elizabeth Warren and Ed Markey. <laughs> we yeah. want this fixed. I'm gonna try and uh,
0: see if I can back into this real quick.
1: Oh uh, you're what are you What are you pulling an amortization schedule up? He likes to like live fact check over ah, here yeah, too.
0: I do. I do. I'm a live fact. All fact right, check. So right, so let's my li- can, what about
1: like hard money and private lenders? Can they get this? No, no. I mean, no. So why why couldn't I get it as like I'm gonna loan Seth eight hundred thousand dollars and take a mortgage?
2: Because in order to have a master policy with one of the um, MI companies that's approved by Fannie and Freddie, you need to be a licensed lender.
1: But what if I'm not going to sell it on the open market?
2: You still, but, to uh, you still have to you be don't a licensed a master policy Got rates. it. You need to be a licensed lender. Okay. Um, as an example, mortgage brokers do not have a master policy with um, an MI company. They um, are selling the loan to someone who has a master policy. 12 years. Is the average? So what, yeah. what numbers did you use? Because it's going to vary depending on...
0: True. I I mean, I just pulled up a very static loan amortization calculator. Um,
2: what was the interest rate? Well, what, it's you know, it's,
0: it's only 5%. It's obviously yeah. <laughs> not accurate right now. But, um, kill
1: for I don't
2: five. Know, I would it. kill to see And, and I just... And we I, bragging about <laughs> Seth's fact-checking. I don't know.
0: I don't know why <laughs> the chart... This Excel sheet's locked. It won't let me change <laughs> the rate. I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. All I did is I just the loan amount 78% LTV and 12 years is when at that, in this particular fictitious loan that doesn't exist today is when you would have enough yeah, equity to, for it to be automatically removed.
1: So what happens? So we've been in a very high interest rate environment for over a year mm-hmm. and we'll probably be here for some time, but when rates go down and people refi out of it, you just lose your clients you, those if, loans if if they yeah. no longer need PMI you, yeah
2: we call that runoff in the market sure. okay
1: so you don't like it when rates go down
2: um well I, I do <laughs> only because I, I I care about people and I want them to have lower interest rates but yeah from I, a from yeah. an MI perspective
1: though <laughs> right. those loans the, getting rewritten as the, the, the revenue yeah. 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 the revenue stream hates right. Right. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: I would I would presume I don't know if you have this data I guess I should we should have Brendan shouldn't have promised math no math um so if, in this ridiculous scenario of 12 years, let's say, or Brandon's example of eight years, when you build that equity automatically and it falls off, mm-hmm. um, I think st- statistically most folks are refinancing in seven. I think that's been pushed up to staying in the home and, re- and refinancing less now with a rate market. So that, I think, the last stat I heard is it's actually up to 11 years. I I think that's probably just because no I one... I don't
1: think anyone's refining. No, any, no one's doing it. Soon. But yeah. no, but I'm saying if the yeah.
0: average was seven then it becomes eight, then it becomes nine, because yeah. no one's doing that stuff right, right now. Unless you really, really have to, right? What do you think, and it, it maybe you don't have it, the, like the average length of people keeping that policy is, because we were talking about, the reason I asked that question is we were yeah. talking about this revenue dip off that would happen in right. this massive refi. Yeah. I, I get to believe a company's projecting that hypothetical revenue loss. Right. Or that could oh, be yeah. detrimental I mean, to a, a company, right? But I guess you get it right back with new loans because buyer activity comes back.
1: Well, if the buyers slow down because the rate... Oh, but we're talking about it and the rate's going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably so right. So it's probably a wash. Yeah.
0: I just answered your yeah. weird question. And I was, I was where my how my brain works. I don't know.
1: And we just talk about crazy shit. So yeah, We do.
0: Yeah. But I, I know we started the podcast with it. And like, again, I used to be so negative. Oh, this is ridiculous. I can't believe I have to have this pot $400, whatever. The reality is, you said, 12 years to save that kind of money. Right. Quite frankly... I think the first two to three homes I bought were all low money down with PMI, mm-hmm. right? And bought and sold like oh, I n- I never would have saved it, the money.
2: If someone has twenty twenty thousand dollars, they could buy a home for a hundred thousand dollars and not have PMI, or they could buy a four hundred thousand dollar home and have PMI, and that's right. a home that they could potentially grow into and stay in longer. So, in a lot of ways, it's going to help a consumer.
0: Yeah, and and I agree with with the, at least recently. Obviously, they say ten year runs of real estate, you're always going to win. You're always going to have some appreciation. The reality is, in the recent market we've been in, you would have built substantial equity. Right. So to to be able to go low money down, build long term wealth, versus the alternative of being a renter for right. a very long period of time, never building that equity. We've all seen the slides. Like the average net worth of a homeowner is over three hundred thousand. The average net worth right. of a renter is like twelve k. Right. Right. So uh, imagine that small penalty you pay, whatever you want to call Home- it, for
2: you know, homeownership this- is the. the- Largest vehicle to generational wealth in no America. No doubt. Yeah, yeah so no doubt. So it's important. So you know, buy lots of homes.
0: Yeah. With PMI.
1: Yeah, with yeah. PMI. It doesn't yeah.
0: matter. That's it. Well, yeah. let's call it a podcast. Low, low, low down payment. Yeah. yeah. No, so it's funny. Like, I, it's just been my point of view as I explain it to clients. So I think, it, it, you know, naturally are looking what they're, they're thinking about it the wrong way. Like, what could I afford if I didn't have to pay PMI? Well, the reality is you wouldn't be buying a house. Right. You know, so let's relax yeah. a little bit. Yeah, you know, is what I mean? that called perspective? It is called perspective. I yeah. like that. Yeah,
1: I like that. Can I borrow that sometimes?
0: You can. Yeah, Thank yeah. You you, pr- you need
1: some sometimes. I uh, every day I need perspective. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a challenging market out there. So Lou, how do you build your book of business?
2: All right. So my customers are banks um, and lenders, and so I am out working with banks and lenders on a daily basis. Um, I meet with executives to get arch you know, approved as a, as an MI provider for that lender. And then I work with individual loan officers. Um, and we do uh, realtor roundtables. Um, we do all kinds of things to kind of drive business for them.
1: Cause um, you are ubiquitous. You're everywhere. So you definitely are, you know, you're just taking that to heart. Yeah. What? You just defined the word for me in the podcast. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And for the listener. Yeah. For both of them. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um,
2: Well, I mean, in in real estate, it's it's visibility, and um, you need to be in front of your customers, and um, that's what I try to do, and that's what I love about my job.
1: Yeah, so is your job kind of twofold, too? Like, you got to get the bank to put you on, and then you got to get the loan officers to, like, is it a drop-down, like, on title insurance, right? Like we can kind of decide what carrier to go with. I mm-hmm. mean, there are certainly things like, is there an old back policy? Are we going to write off the old policy right. on the next policy? So like, there are some things that internally we do when we're looking at who to give a file to, but like, assuming there's no other thi- no other reason, the loan officer can just pick your name from a dropdown.
2: Exactly. Okay. Yeah, my job is to make sure they pick me yeah. and ArchMI.
1: And do they even know they can pick this? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Absolutely. So so yeah. guys like you knock on yeah. their door all the time? Right. Okay.
2: And, and, there, and there, are, there are situations where, um, you know, it may be a loan that, um, you know, we can't do, but maybe another MI company can do. So I had one yesterday that I was working on. Um, it was a condo, and, you know, after going back and forth on the condo questionnaire, we can do the loan. So, um, you mm. know, there, there is a lot of back and forth. We want to get these buyers into these homes, and we want to make sure that we're... Um, Uh, crossing all the t's and dotting all the i's
1: everybody hates condos right now the lenders are like just brutal on the condo questionnaires and i'm assuming you guys are taking that that's going to your underwriters too
2: um basically what happens is the um lender is required to um determine the warrantability of the condo before they send it to us if anything in the file uh causes us concern or question we may ask for the condo questionnaire but uh, it's really the lender's responsibility to determine the warrantability of the condo. So
1: They're like digging deep. They want to yeah. see all the minutes. They want to know what the board's well, talking and, about. And it's not
2: really the lender doing that so much as it is Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac or you yeah. know, having the requirements be a little more stringent, so...
1: Sounds like you know all the lending requirements. So, is part of your job? No, no, no. I'm being like, so it sounds like part of your role also is working with the loan officer to Mm -hmm. get them maybe a creative solution to their underwriting problem or guideline problem. Yeah. Okay.
2: So, so, you know, a lot of my job is um, uh, strategic planning with lenders, it's working with loan officers um, on underwriting guidelines, working with processors, underwriters, Um, you know, so it's, that's one of, one of the things I really like about my job is I work with all levels of an organization, and um, you know I get to to help them and help the consumer ultimately. How many mortgage yeah.
0: insurance companies are there? Five, I think. Okay,
2: yeah. Some um, lenders are signed up with all five. Some have one or two. Um, some have um, only one. Um, hmm. You know, I, I'll tell you an interesting story. There was, a, and I'm not going to name the lender, but no, I, okay, I start. <laughs> I started at Archmi. And for seven years, I tried to get an appointment with a lender to get me signed up and put on their list. And I they, love kept, that for you. they kept giving me the, you know, the Heisman and that. never answering a call <laughs> and anything else. And um, I finally got an appointment after seven years. And the, the SVP of lending shook my hand and said, Luchinappi, I've been avoiding... Um, calls and emails from you for, for seven you, years. And I hope your
1: bosses are listening to this about how <laughs> persistent you I are. It, My man, boss knows how, it, how persistent. That's I how am. you get it done. So,
2: um, like a I think I probably get ninety five percent of their MI business now. Yeah, good for you. Know, so, so it's just it's just really a matter of getting in and, and digging in and, and working with all levels of of an organization, and they can appreciate you know what we do.
0: So, just walk me through like what's a week in the life look like in your business. Like, what are you doing on Mondays? What are you doing on Thursdays? We know, we know you do podcasts on Mondays, yeah. right? <laughs> but like, what, is, what does that look like? Is it primarily outreach to lenders to exactly. add to the book of business? Yeah. Yeah.
2: A lot of planning, um, a lot of call planning nowadays. You know, prior to COVID, I could walk into an organization, hug 30 people and talk to everyone. Everyone was sitting at their cubes yeah. and happy. How dare you walk in our office now? They were in happy in to, to see the MI guy. Now, if anybody were even there. Yeah, yeah now mm. if I um, if I go in it's really important that I make an appointment, and I know who's going to be there. Um, yeah, and and you know try to get in there on a day when they're going to have a staff meeting, so I can see as many people as possible. Right. Um, do a lot of night events, um, you know, happy hours with realtors and loan officers, a um, lot of lunches, um, things like that. So yeah, it's, it's like yeah. you're a lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like you're a realtor. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Outside of your like local outreach, um, you know, during the week, why why would a mortgage lender want to write with you over another provider i presume obviously a big one would be price or flexibility which i can't imagine is the
2: reason a lot of times it is price okay um and what i like to say is that if you know if i'm close on price i want them to choose me and the reason i want them to choose me is because yesterday i spent a good part of my morning researching that loan to get it done sure. for a buyer um and, and working with loan officers and, and lenders to get things done Um, if a particular lender wants to do a special program, um, I get our risk managers involved. We, we set up a conference call, we write guidelines, we set up a a specific program that they can hit the street with. So there's a lot of different things that I do that to set myself apart, um, with a lender so that they're going to use me over someone else. And, and granted, if, if the bar is going to end up paying $30 a month more for, am I using arch? Of course they're going to use the other company, but, but if it's within a few dollars, um, Right. Most of my customers are going to choose me just because of of what I've done. for Relationship, that. yeah, no yeah. doubt. And, and and that's kind of a problem in our society today. Um, we have people that are you know just not Chasing loyal value, and, yeah. and and you know, I have loan officers calling me and saying I, I've been working with these buyers for for um, ten months. They found a home and now the MI is ten dollars less someplace else, and they're going to leave me to go to this other lender. Um, it, it's just not it's just not right, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that's the. The natural problem with this entire industry quite frankly there's so much choice out there um, it really comes down to value over price a lot of the times right and often the end user the client might not be privy to your value-based conversations right so you really rely on the realtor to hypothetically push them in a in a certain direction, or the
1: loan officer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why wh- why are they leaving that loan officer for ten dollars? Right. right? Like, that's the bigger question. Right. Yeah, is what has the loan officer done to prove their value? Right, and yeah. why did they even go to somebody else? Right, yeah. like if the loan officer were doing such a good job, you know, the client would feel like they were, you know.
2: But there are a lot of consumers, and there's so much information on the internet that Bingo. I think they're just they're just researching. Everything and and buying a home is scary. I mean, you know, we've all owned homes, um, but do you remember your, you know, buying your first home, which I happen to still be living in? But um, a
0: lot of equity there. Yeah. (laughs) Any thoughts? Any thoughts of selling? (laughs)
2: Um, You know, it's a scary process. So they want to they want to do a lot of um, research. When when I first bought my home, rates were at thirteen percent, and I think they had um, dipped down to eleven and a quarter, and we locked, and we thought we hit the lottery. I should really refinance that mortgage. Oh I feel like you should do a uh, TikTok video on that. Yeah, people need to hear yeah. that. I mean, it's all persp- you know. Nowadays, when people see seven percent, they're like they they remember the three percent. Right. But right. um, you know, I knew eleven and a quarter percent. So
0: yeah, values yeah. a little bit different. Yeah, I think. But yeah, you know, it's interesting. We talk about this a lot. Just to quick quickly pivot, and incomes um, are different. Yeah, incomes are <laughs> different significantly, no doubt. What What do you think this higher rate environment is going to do over the next year or two. Just would love your point of view. I'll start, I'll start with that question. We'll shift it until a little market stuff. Yeah. So that's cool.
2: I, I don't think we're going to see um, the fed raise rates anymore. That's just my really? personal really? opinion. Yep. I just, I at just, think
0: September we're going to skip it, but I, I don't know. There's but I think, of...
2: I think we are looking at, you know, almost a year with rates hovering this high. where they are. Yeah.
1: I think they're still, I don't think they're done.
0: I I think they're going to do one more this year i just don't know when i do think that the commentary leading to a hypothetical raise either in september or the next one has pushed rates mortgage rates to where they are already pricing that hypothetical next raise, baked whenever in. it is baked in yeah, baked, baked in. in yeah and then uh okay so we think they're they'll stay they'll stay steady for a year and i listen i, I think if you asked me six months ago i would have thought they would have been lower i think i'm agreeing you know that Hell, we could hit eight, we could go to six, seven, five. Who knows? Yeah. Right? So it'll be interesting to see. But what's your take on this rate environment versus the rate environment we were in for a few years? And what it's going to do to the local market, at least in Boston?
2: People are still going to need homes. I agree. And right now, people aren't selling their homes because they don't want to give up their 3% interest rate to buy a new home at 7%. and, And that's a problem. No doubt. But eventually... They're gonna outgrow and they're gonna need a bigger home. Yeah, um, and we're, we we have to see some movement. I mean, when I bought my house, people were selling their homes, um, you know, and and people right. were buying them at eleven and a quarter percent interest rate. So I have to think it's gonna happen again. Yeah, um, we may, you know, who knows what, how that works as far as you know price and and you know, home yeah. sales, but um, it, it, something has to give eventually. Pe- people have to move.
0: I think it's gonna be. An interesting few years until they do come down a little bit. And yeah. when they do, I think it's just going to get worse, quite frankly, from a, from a oh, value 100%. standpoint, appreciation standpoint. But I think it'll be... So we've, we've talked a lot about over the last year, the biggest home buying group right now is millennials. They have more money than ever. They have better credit than ever. Yep. Like, th- those folks are, are not having kids as fast as yeah. the older millennials, right? Like, I, I have a, a five-month-old. I'm 38 years old. Yeah. Like, that's older. Yeah. Whereas, I think boomers had kids yeah. significantly younger. Anywho. My point being, as they make these purchase decisions potentially later in their lives, it'll be interesting interesting to see as as they go through what I you know, we we in the industry call like the I think it's the four or five D's death diploma degrees, diapers, the like. When they go through these divorce. cycles divorce, mm-hmm. when they go through these cycles and they choose to get out of the luxury condo, the yeah. apartment and they return and try and, you know, create the American dream, whatever you're called. It'll be very interesting to see what type of demand that actually right. does locally it's in the market. It's not going to
2: be the first-time home buyer home that I bought. No. You know, it's, no, it's going to be these
0: micro-mini mansions and the yeah, like.
2: Yeah, they're going to they're gonna look for a little more. Well, if you're a little older, you want those creature comforts, I guess. Right. So um, right. if they're buying later right. in life, they're going to want and, more.
0: And, and I think, at least I see that to a degree with some of the buyers that we But they
1: don't want more. They want a lower carbon footprint, and they <laughs> want to, like, talk to their grass. But they, but... <laughs> <laughs> and make sure the goats keep, are okay. Keep, keep, me, Seth, out of, keep Seth, me out of out of this uh,
0: this, Seth, this I can't even this, this caricature <laughs> that you're creating of of, of, of our people. No, I'll, I was going to say it's it's going to be tough to go from again just to con- completely generalize the the luxury living in Seaport, right. right? To what's my real first time home? You know, it's going to be a small Cape with a bad kitchen. Yep. That's going to be an interesting transition. And I, and I wonder but, how but that is
1: it. Cause what are they paying for rent in the seaport and what mm. can they afford to buy? That, well, that's my point. Okay. A starter home
0: does not look like what you're paying for in rent in seaport with, right. with these rates. Right. But as values continue to go up because the inventory will continue to be tough. I, I'm worried at like what I can rent for today and what my thought of creature comfort luxury is mm-hmm. versus what I can truly afford. I wonder if folks will just take on renting long-term.
2: No, I, I don't think so. I think eventually, you know, if they're going to want to start families, they're going to want properties. And as they um, search for homes, their expectations are going to be lowered. They have to be. I agree. This, because they can only afford so much, and you're going to make concessions to own a home and, and to have a piece of the earth in yeah. a yard, and the whole thing that they And want. the equity, right? They're going right.
1: to be savvy enough to know that it is a waste to throw five thousand dollars a month out the window for right. an apartment at Echelon when yeah. you could be paying for a mortgage. Well, just to completely continue to veer way off topic. Yeah, I and mean, there as all are of this, a lot of good shops right yeah. underneath Echelon. <laughs> like I, I as like all of that. this,
0: as, as all of this compounds, and you couple things like social media. And like perception, and TikTok, yeah, like oh, this is this is like war. What I want to live like, mm. and my perception of this warped reality, and so they're you know they're paying for this like, versus the we'll call it the classic American dream of truly just owning a home, and owning a piece of land like you just talked yeah. about. I don't know. I'm a little bit intrigued at what that will expand like in years to come,
2: I with the future generation. I don't think they look at social media and really see that. I think they know the realities of life and and. Something. Everyone looks at social media, but they know that's not reality.
1: Wait, are we talking about the American public? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think they, they think they, it's reality. They think it's real. Okay. They think it's real, and they think that they can only live in the houses that their influencer, you know, Kim
2: Kardashian, lives in. <laughs> okay, And they don't have the not, budget.
1: Not everybody. Not everybody. But,
2: but I'm I'd- guessing Kim Kardashian did not need private mortgage insurance, so... She might have. That
1: might have been a jumbo. There, it I'm might have been a back. jumbo. I did. I did. <laughs> it probably but she could yeah. have done a jumbo. Well,
2: and and you know what's interesting? You bring up the topic of jumbos because her money we might do, have make more. We do in the so market. much private right. mortgage insurance on jumbos, and a Why lot of that? a lot of high end buyers don't want to put all their money into a property, and because PMI is less expensive, they're using it as a money management tool, and they're they're buying a house with ten percent down as because their money is going to make yeah. more in right. the market.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Should be a podcast. So see how he just reel this yeah. back yeah, in.
1: I like that. Yeah, Lou, you're crushing it over here. So here's what I don't get, right? So correct me if I'm wrong.
2: Algorithms? Is that what you? Don't no, get? I get. Oh, I get the. <laughs> I get
1: the algorithms. I love the algorithms too. Like I buy the best shit from ads on Instagram that are targeted to me based on what I look at. Thank you, Instagram. But no, what I don't get is the mortgage companies are complaining about the volume of loans they're writing. But don't they, to some extent, direct the interest rate? So if they cared that much, like, take a little bit of a hit. Like, yeah, you could charge 7%. No. No, no why not? Because they would lose money. How would they lose money?
0: Because that's how loans work. Tell, I, Explain I just, to me how loans work, I listened.
2: I just listened to a podcast the other yeah. day, the Housing Wire Daily, and they were great. talking about independent mortgage bankers. And, yeah. Logan um, Motoshami, great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have coffee two, with two them? years yeah. ago the average amount they were making on a, on a on a loan was like 1700 and now it's it's down to like 300 or 400 it's they're not making a lot of money on loan. they but, are cutting the price they're they're because it's so competitive to get mortgages right now because so. it's costing them right. more
1: money to borrow the money they're right. giving you so, and so they have
2: overhead and they don't yeah. have the volume that they have
1: they got to pay everybody yeah. along right.
2: the process
0: and don't get me wrong there's a lot of revenue that's mm. generated from loan creation but after you pay it all out you're left with a very slim profit yeah and then the bigger issue, which is why rates are still artificially high, in my opinion. Not that I know. Artificially?
1: What I'm about. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like the, that the, we think they're artificially the, high.
0: The spread on the ten year yeah. versus where lo- where rates actually are right now is I mean, I don't know what the it's the maximum it's ever been in history. It has to be up there. The spread from the ten year to actual mortgage interest rates is usually 170 to 220 basis points. AKA one point seven to two point two. Percentage points.
1: And what's the 10 year?
0: It's the U.S. 10 year Treasury yield. So usually that would mean mortgage interest rates should be 5.7 right now to 6.25, 6.3, 6.4, but yet they're seven and a quarter so the spread is significantly higher than it usually
1: is so who's making the money on the spread the wholesale lender or the regular lender nobody it's making any fucking money so where's the money uh, hear me out where's the spread so, so Shh, let him finish so <laughs> they're
0: keeping it higher who's they the people the mortgage people, the like mortgage the fucking trolls guys in the basement, out back in the, the tr- mortgage the trolls the mortgage of the basement of Wisconsin. Oh don't my know, god! Man, I I could be making all of this fucking up right I now. Like you
1: were doing a great but job but it's,
0: until he interrupted you. It sounds like I know what I'm talking. Yeah. About, it does, doesn't? but so, I'm a challenge. Chow- so my understanding of it—that's my asterisk disclaimer. That could yeah. all this all could be fake news. Is it's artificially high right now because what happens when the mortgage companies sell the loan to a servicer, which they will because they're not keeping it in-house, they they get rid of it very quickly, that mortgage service company needs to hold that loan in servicing for several years to be profitable. Okay? So everything right now, additional points to get rates, buy-down points, everyone's making their money in points, closing costs, and protecting a higher rate. Because when rates go down, everyone's going to refinance. Correct. And all of those companies will lose fucking money. Period. So, So if I'm... If I'm a new res loan servicing and I get a seven and a quarter rate and rates go to 6%, people are refining. And it's more than likely that that servicer is going to lose money. So the service rate deal that they're getting, the, it's all padded in this additional rate, in my opinion, to protect profitability across the board in this entire industry. Because if, if rates all of a sudden come down to five and a half, everybody's refinancing. And I, I have no idea what would happen to servicing companies and the like. So to say yes, I'll I I'm an investor, I will get this loan, to lend out my money, take it out of whatever else it's in, to allocate it to this. I have to do this product so I can still make money because rates and that that's proof that rates will come down in the long term. And by long term I mean in the next year or two. So I was pretty I spoke with a lot of conviction there. You did. You did. Yeah. That's my understanding of it.
1: Yeah.
2: This huh. would, this would be a great podcast topic. We could get someone
1: that actually knew that what that they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we don't no, like th- that loop. Th- we just th- like to give our own opinions, and I, we don't no, want to I be fact checked. I think
2: Seth. I think you had some some valid points there. Some, not
1: yeah. all. I want to know who's making. Where's the spread? Like I hear a spread, and I think somebody's making money. So who's making money on the spread? If it's the highest it's been in history, you think the mortgage? You think the investor?
0: I think I think it's a lot of hedging. A risk of not losing money to maintain profitability yeah. because people are going to refinance. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And so if I refinance in a year, yeah. I mean, think about it. Loan officers, if you refinance in, in six months, They're they happy. lose, they lose their, no, oh, they, you, six they lose, months. Yeah, they, they lose like their cup
1: because of the seasoning. Yeah. And you know why that is? Because, because it costs money to acquire the loan and, and the, the servicer the investor lost money, Doesn't want to, re- everybody loses money again. if you refi
0: yeah. or pay it off that fast. Mm-hmm. So, it has to be out in the wild for an extended period of time for it to be for it to be profitable. Deep. Yeah. So I think rates are artificially inflated.
1: Okay. All right. I just want to know who's making money on the spread, but we, we haven't got so there. I'll, I'll ask ChatGPT To ask the, GPT yeah. that too? Because somebody's always making money on the spread, right? The spread's where you right. make your money.
0: Yeah, right. I think everybody's right. making money and protecting their bottom line because when rates go down, th- that loan will be terminated, and instead of it being an 11-year product or a seven-year product, it's going to be a two and a half-year product.
1: The 10 years in uh, red, too. By the way, it's it's dropped. No, that's good. Yeah, I know. It was yeah. It wanted it to it out. go down. I know. Was pointing that out. In, in success, all of those, today's
2: a good day. All of those loans that are on the books at three percent, three and a half percent, they're going to stick around for a long time. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of um yeah. and so the spread on those is yeah.
0: much thinner, mm-hmm. and.
1: And believe me, I, I'm sure they would love to get rid of them, but no one's going to. Right. But they're predictable income at three percent over time. If and you're the investor, you know that you're getting that three percent on the on the seven percent. You never like you don't know the, the rates could be at one when that those I, get I, refied out. By and the you way, could for, have the threes look good,
0: just for the sake of statistics. Yes. On September 23rd of 2021, I just picked a random day. Yeah. A couple years ago. The 10-year was at 1.32. Wow. So add 220 base points to that. What's that? That's a 3.5% mortgage rate, which is correct.
1: Yeah. Spread. Butter. Butter. butter spread Garlic spread. spread. Um, (laughs) Anywho. What what were rates, just do me a a solid here, what were rates on this day last year? Can I guess before I look? Yeah. We're in August right now. We're at the end of August.
2: August
0: thirtieth. Uh, rates dropped substantially last August back into the low fives. Um they were probably five and a half.
2: Yeah. That was gonna be my guess.
0: It's um August twenty twenty two. So they rose they rose back up. This says mid six. This is this is fake news.
1: Big pause here. Yeah, Yeah. well, where I was going with this is—is I'm coming back to the original question we asked about rates. Like, I I feel like last August we were in a scenario where inventory had started to build up again. Uh, We were everybody buyers were on the sidelines because the rates were high. Five point five five in August. Uh, August twenty fifth. Okay, yeah, because they did dip. They did dip. It did. And then everything cleared out and we had a super busy fall. End of right? July, beginning of August. Yeah. So, you know, I was... I was, And then they rose back to seven and
0: a quarter in October of last year. Yeah. Correct. Which, uh, that's where we're going right now. Yeah. We've been there already. Well, we're there already. Yeah, they came back down. They, they hit seven and a half. They came back down recently, though.
1: Well, anyway. I, was, I was drawing the parallel that we were very similar to where we were at this time last year, but it seems like we're, yeah. we're not as wow. close seven, as I
0: thought. 7.06. Yeah. We've had a good couple days this week. Um, yeah. I agree. I think the difference is now, like everyone, while that was all happening, late spring and into the early summer, market's going to crash. Don't buy a house right now. They're going to come back down. And uh, none of that happened guess what all the all the the small appreciation we lost last summer everything's pretty much up again 5 6 7% so now homes are more expensive than they were this time last year and they cost you significantly more money yeah. right and people are just used to it now
2: but exactly and that was going to be my point i think we had that group of people that saw 3% they were looking for a house they didn't find it and then they saw 5% and you know i am going to hold off i'm going to hold off Good but luck. now if you have someone entering the market now they, they don't, don't know anything other than care. 7 7% so when they meet with their loan officer, they're completely going to find agree. out what they can afford, and this is what they're going to buy. And, I and completely agree. We're, we're, we're going to see a new norm. And
0: Yeah, and, and that whole time, too. Rents have gone up 30%. Yeah. You know? so rent, rent is just crazy. It is what it is. If I'm going to pay more, I might as well buy it. Yeah. Anywho, great discussion.
1: Yeah. Very. So do we think that we'll see... People start buying some of this inventory that's built up over the last month.
0: Oh, I think if you, I mean, again, just this last, these last few days of rates, like, and didn't no joke, yeah, August twenty first, seven point four eight percent. Right, right, right. Now we're at seven point oh six today. That's
1: a huge difference in two weeks. That's a
0: that's a big movement down. This is probably the lowest rates we've seen in two months. Yeah, today.
2: Seth, um, Brandon said something interesting. So this. Inventory buildup. Yeah. T- talk about talk about that. Yeah, do we see an in- inventory buildup or yeah. so?
1: Yes,
0: comparatively uh, correct. Right. Yeah, that's, okay. that's <laughs> it's important. It's right? Relative. So relative. Yeah. Do we have do we have a surplus of inventory? Absolutely not. Yeah. Do we have significantly more inventory than we had four months ago? Absolutely. Right. So oh, we we've we've been trendlining just single family homes in and around the area, Essex County, Middlesex County, and just from a raw count in all of MLS Pin. So mm-hmm. mostly Massachusetts, other than the Cape Islands and and some stuff out west. We've had as low as 22 to 2,400 homes uh, in all of Massachusetts, all the way up to 3,000. And recently, a couple of weeks ago, it hit 4,000. Okay. Guess what it was in 2018?
1: 8,000. 10,000.
0: It was like 12 to 13 to 14,000 wow. homes available, right? So mm-hmm. comparatively, and rates, by the way, four and a half, five 5% yeah. high. Yeah. Right? Normal. Uh, right? And, and so what happened is this appetite of home buying through super low rates has i mean hell i I bought in 2017 i sold and bought in 2021 my mortgage rates a two eight seven five like i can't i can't i couldn't buy the same house today at today's price at today's rate right it it would be it'd be ludicrously unaffordable right right so instead what we're gonna do hunker down we're in it for the long haul now we finish the basement we pull an equity line and the like so now that that has happened for all these years we're all trapped yeah. We're all in mortgage jail. So, but yes, when you start to see rates go from six and a half, six and a quarter, the summer is always interesting too, because we have these weird pockets of holidays Yeah, and inventory does start to build up a little bit. Um, it gets interesting and, and things start to sitting. And I think a lot of lazy realtors start price cutting so fast. Like yeah. that's why it's not selling. No, it's not no. selling because of affordability, not necessarily because right. of price. The, the two are correlated, but they're, it's not everything. Right. So um, I, I, w- I would imagine this is a weird weekend. I didn't mean to cut you off yeah. Labor Day. Everyone's got some sort of end of summer plans. A lot of people traveling one last time beach boat, whatever Cape islands. Um, so it's, it, it may be weird this week, but if you're a buyer right now, get the hell out there yeah. because this is a great opportunity because we all know it. If, and when rates go down the you know, buckle, I might, buckle I, yeah, up. I might not. Yeah. It's going to be significantly more expensive from a dollars amount. Maybe not from a monthly payment amount. Right. right. And so what's worse? I'd rather yeah. pay less and finance more, you know,
1: finance yeah. a higher rate. And pay rate. PMI. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, good cl- right? I want some good mortgage close, so. insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so
2: ideally, if we could see rates come down to 5.5% again, it's gonna people, be are gonna, people are going to leave that 3% I agree. for 5.5%. Mm-hmm. They're I agree. not going to do it for 7 No, I, I completely yeah, agree. It's just-
0: yeah, And so that might unlock some inventory, mm-hmm. but here's the deal. If they're going to do that, that means, yes, there's going to be more homes in the market but there that means more buyers in the market. There was yeah. a stat I saw the other day and I'm sure I'm going to screw I'm going to screw it up. Every like quarter point in uh rate movement, a million buyers leave the leave the I saw they step aside, right? Yeah. So uh-huh. so I mean just in just in the last um we talked about 4,000 homes mm-hmm. in the market. Well, 2 million buyers just were like, "What's up? I'm back." Yeah. You know what I mean? So um and and on top of that just on the inventory piece, we've also been tracking what we will what we'll call affordable homes in the area, which we've graciously said are under $800,000 locally. (laughs) And uh, there's like two to 300. Okay. So the vast majority of the inventory is um, significantly priced homes, at least in these two counties. It's it's not cheap to live here, period. Right. So, that's uh, that's also crazy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So the amount of competition for this, af- well, af- again, affordable yeah. housing right. is really, really tough.
1: So those people are going to need PMI for a long time.
0: They're yeah. going to need PMI if they can get their offer accepted. Yeah. But if they're yeah. building
2: equity, that's not a bad thing. No, right? it's a no great doubt. thing. No doubt.
0: Yeah. And if, I, we talk about this all the time. Obviously, yeah. we can't just go build 300 right. houses, right? right. So. We're going to be in this problem. But if we
1: could, we would watch about it on YouTube because I have been watching new construction developments all over the country on YouTube for hours. I'm addicted. Let me know where you're going to throw one up. I (laughs) I will. I
2: I listened to a podcast and they were talking about malls and converting Mm. them to housing. What Mm -hmm. a great idea. Think about it Square One Mall. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, let's first off, Get rid of seventeen wig shops and a, be, and a bad <laughs> yeah. Chinese food place, yeah. and, and let's let's reinvigorate that business and with right. cell phone screen with, <laughs> yeah, repair shop yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's let's get um, a grocery store here. Let's yeah. get a furniture store here, and then yeah, let's freaking yeah. go up yeah. five six stories and, right. and create a city over there Don't
2: forget, don't forget the Easy Pass. Um center oh, that's perfect. in there. Yeah. And I walked in one day and there wasn't a soul in there except two employees and I needed a new easy pass and they wouldn't let me come in because I didn't have an appointment. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: that's retail these <laughs> yeah. days, unfortunately. Yeah.
2: I know.
1: And you say, why do you guys
0: exist? Yeah. <laughs> Can't I do this online? I, yes. I went somewhere
1: on Saturday and I mm-hmm. was probably the only customer standing on the floor. And I must have seen <laughs> 14 salespeople aimlessly walking around, and nobody would help me. It was unbelievable. What type of – uh...
2: He was at the Mitchell Gold final. I was at <laughs> – yeah, uh, yes.
1: No, I was at a car dealership. Mm. Why? I was just – You have a problem. Yeah. You have a problem. Yeah. I was just investigating yeah. my options.
2: Yeah. And
1: um, – Something else, isn't it? Yeah. It but was Seth, Unbelievable. You
2: know they might know him too. That's true. <laughs> they didn't know. <laughs> was it? No, it no. wasn't the dealership on
0: what one A, was it? A. They would have chased you out of there with a stick.
1: <laughs> What's the one on one A?
0: The Jeep. T- oh no, they love me now. They uh, like uh, me again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah, they do. They, they, they just know. Just, yeah. They just
1: know you chirp on social. Yeah. So yeah. They're,
0: yeah. they're giving it to you. All right, yeah. let's Great. close this thing up.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, so Lou, we have one last question. Mm-hmm. If you were to think about your next twelve months. And to, you know, put into one word your sort of view or outlook on on how you're going to look at that next 12 months. What would that word be?
2: Opportunity. Opportunity. Ooh. Tell us more, Lou. All right. Opportunity, because you're going to have a lot of shakeout in the business, so there, uh, which there's going to be people. Yeah. There's going to be people that I can focus on that are really going to do more business. Um, opportunity for home buyers, because um, those that are you know, tenacious and stick with it. They're gonna find a home eventually. Everybody does, right? Yeah, I agree. Um it just it takes a little bit of work. So there's opportunity there. There's people buying homes. They're gonna wanna buy a home. They're buying homes a little later. Yeah. Um so they're gonna want a little bigger home. They're gonna need PMI. Um there's opportunity yeah. there. So I think there's lots of opportunity in the next in the next twelve months for the people that that dig down and work a little harder to make yeah. it happen.
0: I hope you're right. We love yeah. opportunity. Yeah. The the best time to buy a house probably in the next few years should be this this next six months yeah i think because there will be some volatility in the market that will you know continue to make some desperate home sellers who who are downsizing upside and the like as they go through different parts of life and we all know rates are coming down yeah um because of the spread yeah and, spread. When, and when they do uh it's gonna be uber competitive out yeah. there so yeah. they'll pay more in the long term
2: you know we were talking about my day-to-day my day-to-day isn't that much different than yours
1: brendan no, I would assume it's almost exactly the same. I yeah. mean, we, we want to talk to the same people. Exactly. We want to work with the same people. We solve different problems, yeah. right, for, for the same people. But we're both sort of a necessary evil for those folks, too. Like, they right. they, they need both of us yeah. to get their jobs done. And, you know, there are a lot, you know, I, I there are probably a lot more of me than you. The, the- because you're ubiquitous. <laughs> Way to wrap that
0: one up. There you
2: up. go. Yeah cool cool this was great yeah thanks guys
0: all right cool awesome thank you for listening to the word podcast if you like what you heard don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes if you could take a minute and leave us a quick review not only do reviews give us valuable feedback but every positive review tells the algorithm to push this episode out in front of more people if you really want to help us out send this podcast to someone who you think would benefit thank you so much and we hope to see you next time when we talk about the word